know things, I know some too. Sit right down, the them, explain them to you. If there's a thing you want to explain, these two feminists can entertain. Nerdy stuff, sexy stuff, so much to know. Tune in for the Femsplain Show. Femsplain! Why'd you throw off the countdown? Did I? I'm sorry. Your space between three and two was way too long. <laughs> I'm white. I can't count. I'm sorry. <gasps> good evening, Diana. Oh, good evening, Avalon. I like your spooky voice. I'm a Dracula. You're a Dracula? Oh, you're a no you're a Nosferatu. <laughs> I am. That's how I feel. Oh. That's how I feel. That's how I look. <laughs> no oh God. Alright. Don't make me fight you on this podcast. I feel like I look. Alright. What wait, podcast? Yeah, we're oh we're doing a podcast, Avalon. Oh, oh sorry. shit. I didn't yeah. remember that. I thought we were just having a candid conversation. I might have said something very revealing and embarrassing. I mean, like we always do. But this podcast kind of is a candid conversation. It's like a girls-only clubhouse podcast. Where, mm. yeah. And who's in this girls-only clubhouse podcast? No, it's me and you, Avalon. And we identify Diana. as. Well, you know, I don't want to speak for you, Avalon, but like I personally. <laughs> identify as a queer femme human being human right and so we are having this podcast because we feel like claiming space and that's what we've done yeah if you don't like you don't have to listen to it yeah but we would like you to and uh (laughs) if you (laughs) and it doesn't mean that we don't want people of every gender and non-gender to listen and laugh and learn with us because we love y'all we just think it's important for us to have these candid conversations on this candid podcast. What kinds of things do we normally talk about? Like nerd stuff, poop. (laughs) I mean, uh, in one episode, that more (laughs) than some. Did we talk about poop? I have to assume at some point it's come up. I don't know. I'm a little little funny about poop. (laughs) You're a little silly about it? I don't like toilet humor. You I'm a lady. I love toilet humor. I'm a lady. So <laughs> this is how... There you go. This is how Great. differences... Welcome to Femsplained, listeners. <laughs> Welcome to Femsplained. We're feeling... Well, I, I'm feeling a little loopy, a little tired. We're not recording terribly late at night, but it just just had a week. So yeah. if things are a little silly, a little incoherent, a little bit, like, boring. I don't know if, if we lose our train of thought. Who knows? That's why, listeners. It won't be any different from any other time you've listened to this podcast where we've been loopy, forgotten what the fuck we're talking about, and have gone wildly off topic. So, before we talk about topics, I wanted to talk about our new segment. Yeah. And I want to know, Avalon, what has nerd culture done for you lately? Well, I don't know if it will come across in the editing of last week's episode, but I totally blanked on my answer last week, and I had things that I just didn't say. So I'm just going to say the things that I should have said last week. Okay. First, Francis the Mansplainer is overly obsessed with Nintendo at this point. This is a fairly new thing, but it's a deep dive. It's real. Um, And so he's been 
immediately purchasing like every Switch game that comes out, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so the day that the new Mario Party game came out, we hosted a super, super Mario Party party. With lots of people. We had three screens playing, um, playing the new Mario Party. It was really fun. That's so awesome. So we've been playing that. What I really like about the game, there aren't enough boards but there are tons of mini games, but you don't have to play like a, a board, whatever, to play the mini, mini games. It has its own little thing you can go to and you can choose of all of the mini, mini games specifically which ones you want to play. Oh, so I like that. I guess theoretically you can practice at it, but also you can have a lower commitment sort of fun party experience. Mm. Um, and I dig it a lot. I have also been... <sighs> I've returned to and am trying to watch the animated Clone Wars series. Oh, how do you like it? So this is what I've been told. I've been told <sighs> that it's fantastic after like the second season. Yeah. Did I talk about this last week? Mm-mm. Okay. I'm having weird deja vu. And that before then, it's like, it thinks it's going to be for kids, but it's not really for kids and it has sort of an identity crisis. But then I've, I've been told that once you get past that initial hump, it becomes like way more political and great and blah, 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 uh, and gives you a lot of context for what happened between episodes two and three, as well as with all of the time jump movies that are coming out in the franchise right now. For instance, like Solo was the hottest garbage, the worst. But I didn't see it some... because I heard that, but I really don't want it to be. I I want I want everyone to be wrong and to be liars. I will break up with you if you think it's not that bad. Oh. Um, I want... But there's something in it that happens that if you don't know that much about Star Wars, seems odd. And so I was talking to one of my bosses at one of my jobs about it. And he said, if you watch Clone Wars, that sort of makes sense. So I decided to give it another shot. So I'm beginning of season two and it is getting a little bit better that's awesome uh one of my favorite actor humans on this earth is uh, in that series and he apparently does a phenomenal job at, at darth maul um oh. the sam witwer from being human the u.s version oh nice i uh have not gotten to darth maul yet so yeah. i will keep an eye I am way more cognizant of voice actors now because of Critical Role, and I'm always yeah, like... Yeah, doesn't it make you crazy? I really realized does, yeah. yesterday, I mentioned to someone, uh, I was talking about how I was playing Horizon Zero Dawn and how Ashley Birch is the voice of the main character, and mm. I was like talking about how much I love her and how she's in so many things that I love, and I uh, realized that she's, she's Tiny Tina from Borderlands 2. Yeah. Yeah. Laura is somebody also. Probably, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So, otherwise, you know, if if school counts as nerd culture, I've had a lot of really fulfilling, nerdy, academic things happen. I think especially when you're talking about, like, like when you're in, like, grad school stuff, everything you do in school is super nerdy. Because it's so yeah. much, like, research and work and, yeah. I have to teach like learn to code workshops at one of my jobs and I am not qualified for it and that happened last week and I almost had a panic attack <laughs> Avalon is super qualified for it not qualified you are not qualified <laughs> your imposter syndrome is leaking I know but you know it, it's hard when you set this precedence of having low self-esteem people don't believe you when you tell them you're bad at something but I need you to know that I'm bad at this game. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
like, would it make you happy if right now I was like, yeah, Avalon's bad. Yeah, it, a little bit. Yeah. If we could say like, oh, Avalon, like you're so good at so many other things, like talking and being hilarious. But no, I don't know how to code well enough to teach a room full of people how to code. You brought back the the second rate Hermione Granger in this in this episode. That is my only accent. It's a bad <laughs> Hermione Granger. I'm the worst at accents. I'm weirdly practicing them a lot for no reason at all. There you go. Maybe this whole like deep dive in a critical role has made us so like single white female-y about the cast that now we want to be voiceover actors. Oh, God, no, I definitely don't want to do that. It sounds don't nightmarish. Don't you love the sound of your voice on the podcast so much? No, I hate that. Oh, yeah. God. I'm only listening to it for you. Um, mm. Yeah. That's all I can think of. Next week, I'll remember what I should have said about this week. What has nerd sense. culture done for you lately, Diana? Oh, man. Okay, so not too much has happened in the last week, but uh, the cogs expo did decide that we're doing another mini gaming con so i'm really excited about that we're in the early stages of planning that it's gonna be in february and it's gonna be right on valentine's day weekend so if you are a nerd and you are alone (laughs) you come hang out with me who is also a nerd and alone uh we will play games but you don't know that you'll be alone six months from now by six i mean four yeah, I mean, I don't know that, but like, I'm making a educated guess. <laughs> um, I play a lot of D and D. Where so we're gonna be doing a Valentine's Day uh, event, and it's gonna be it's gonna be great. I'm very excited about it. And then the other thing that I'm very very happy and excited about is that, and you reminded me of this. I just purchased my my last little item that I need for this costume on November 3rd. I'm going to a like Hogwarts themed uh, uh, (laughs) party that is going to be so good because the people that are throwing it are like so extra and so good. Like they made me a Hogwarts you know, acceptance letter and mailed that. And literally there's no difference between that and the actual Hogwarts letter. So like if I did not know that this person was throwing a party, I I would not know that I'd been invited to a party because <laughs> it just looks like a Hogwarts letter. And uh, so I just, I, I don't own a Hufflepuff scarf yet for some Good. fucking reason. So uh, no, just I just bought get some yellow garbage. <laughs> No, I want a Hufflepuff. And that'll scarf. be the perfect Hufflepuff outfit. No, Just a I got a yellow trash bag. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be so fucking mean, Avalon. Oh my god, it's so cool to be Hufflepuff. Everybody is Hufflepuff. Everybody on the internet is just such a Hufflepuff. There's first of all, when did that happen? Because everybody is Gryffindor or Slytherin. No, everybody is Hufflepuff, and it's annoying. First of all, nobody's Hufflepuff. Who? Who is a Hufflepuff besides me? First of all, the Pottermore algorithm, JK, has said there's a higher likelihood of getting Hufflepuff than any other house. Oh, that's super weird. I didn't. I, I, oh, and JK no, I did has do that thing. identified as a Hufflepuff. And all of the really, really shitty web comics out there in the world are like, underrated Hufflepuff, Hufflepuff's best. So underrated Hufflepuff. Like, to the point where it's like, yeah, now you are the majority. 
You're the well, wasp. Well, good. We're good people who love each other. And you. Just boring catch-all people who <gasps> can't commit to something. Look, we wrote. Like, and by something, I mean a personality. We. <laughs> Look, we have a personality. It's flaky and adorable. And that's our, that's our God, personality. It's just a lazy catch-all. No, we're loyal and we're... Well, they're all loyal. Loving. They're all loving. No, I'm sorry. That's they're not all, one of the defining like traits. Only ones capable of love is Hufflepuff. They all demonstrate it. They all can demonstrate it, but Hufflepuff... And they all demonstrate loyalty in their own way. In their own way, but there are some things... It's not like, you know, fucking uh, Hufflepuffs and... and Gryffindors can't be like determined also but that's not right. their like forefront trait. No. All of us literally everything else. I mean well first of all this this is this is just a horoscope <laughs> but but yes like, but as we've discussed horoscopes, horoscopes are, are real. <laughs> Listen is the sort of like how's your day gonna go aspect of a horoscope real? No. But is the self-fulfilling prophecy of the personality type associated with your sign real? Absolutely. Typical Scorpio. <laughs> it's funny. I, I mean, I think horoscopes are bullshit, except like when it feels like it matches, it's fun or whatever. But I did recently, there was a reason for me to think about like my own procreation schedule. Mm-hmm. And like, it's been narrowed down past like the year, sort of to like the half year or month. And then I had a moment where I was just like, but wait, what sign would my kid be? Oh, dear. And I looked at, like, you know, I wouldn't actually change for that. But, like, I just, you know, whatever. What if it's, like, a fucking Aquarius? I'll have to, you know, sell them. Yeah. Um, to a factory. So I, um, uh, but then what I found was actually, like, super validating for the compatibility of our personalities. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, feeling weirdly committed to it having to be that <laughs> what was it gonna be a taurus okay y you aside blah 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 some of my favorite people in my life have been tauruses in like a big way so i don't take offense you can have other favorite people that that aren't me it's okay i'm cool i would with take it. offense <laughs> <laughs> I don't like you having any friends. <laughs> and and I mission never... accomplished. <laughs> we're, we're good. Everything's I've fine. I'm playing the long game. You're, you're the only one. Super isolated. Yeah. Just like Scorpios. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. No. no. Uh, I don't know if you're a Gemini because the only other Gemini I know I hate so much. Yeah, it's a really fine line. So Geminis are like the the joke is that they're a split personality but really it just makes them flaky like we are we are flakes but you're I, not flaky oh i'm so fucking flaky not with you i'm with you i'm mm. super we're super intensely emotional okay so but also we change our mind like minute to minute about fucking everything and that's oh. that's very but you real. have so much conviction yeah, and then and then my and then my mind changes, and then I'm equally oh, okay. as convicted. <laughs> Interesting. Um, and you know, it's 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 really it's like I mean, I canceling plans is crack cocaine to me. Really? Yeah, that's that's oh, like. Oh, that doesn't seem like you at all. 
Yeah, that's because to you, that's with you, I love you. I love you the most, and you're the most important person in the world. Um, But I cancel plans with you, and it has nothing to do with love. It has everything to do with lazy. Yeah. See, I I cancel plans because I just like... Depression. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think being a Gemini means that you have mental illness but you know yeah i think that's the thing um and it can either come off as really endearing and really like you know quirky manic pixie dream girlish which i think i sometimes come across that way at first but really i'm crazy so you know it's it's a fine line really and gemini's and scorpios uh are are dangerous there's a, a super like stereotypical chemistry between gemini's and scorpios like what kind? It's I mean it's usually sexual but that's that's typically because Scorpio men are the most trash they'll ever meet. Scorpio in your is life. the sexual sign. Yeah, it is. Yeah. They're the sex sign and Gemini's are um Gemini's are empaths. So mm. like whatever emotion Scorpio is having Gemini yeah, is going to have. Yeah. So they wind up having like super intense chemistry, but also like yeah. screaming fights and like bad, you know, like. Well, Scorpios like, are also like super manipulative and like very, very like intensely aware. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that. yeah, of how to do that. And Gemini's are just like they acquiesce. They go with the fucking flow uh. of whatever is happening. So, yeah, it's like a, it, it is a running joke. I mean, that's that's why gemini and scorpio the the event company is called that it's because like it's synonymous with like sexual chemistry is gemini interesting i thought that they i thought that the founders like that was just their signs or something i thought it was arbitrary yeah no it's it's sex so Uh. i saw like a meme within the last half hour that had you know the different signs and like, yeah. an image which usually crack me up uh but this was witches have you seen this yes oh and i'm uh you're sabrina, I'm sabrina. yeah i was mad about that and i didn't understand it and like, what I was, was yours jealous. that bad lady from the craft <laughs> <laughs> first of all she's the bomb like yes she's i know the bomb. she's the bomb i know that she's like evil but I love that actress. I think she's so. Oh, I love that cool. actress too. And but I think that character is bad. Well, Not yeah. Nice. I mean, she's a bad person, but she's also a cool character. Like she gets fucking Manon's powers. Like she's she's fucking cool. <laughs> and to be fair, like she really fucking deserved it. Yeah. That's a weird tale of privilege. Yeah. Because her fucking friend was just gifted yeah. enough to beat her, even though she did like a lot of really hard work. Yeah, she did a lot of hard work. She sacrificed a lot for Manon, and she, like, fucking went into the fucking sea and spent a night with the fucking angels. Like, she's pretty badass. And she killed a a sexual assaulter, too, didn't she? Did she kill him? It's been a while. She fucked with him massively. She definitely... She, yeah, she definitely yeah, fucked up. Yeah, she fucked uh, up uh, uh, the guy who sexually assaulted her her friend. So she, you know, yeah. she's pretty badass. No, but she just, like, I wish that she had had some, uh, like, a little bit of either a redemption arc or, like, was a little bit more of an anti-hero. Mm-hmm. She was just, like, in the end and in the final conflict and stuff, like, she, she was, like, trying to be, like, trickstery and, like, be like, oh, I'm changed, whatever, and then, like, stabbed the girl just because she was jealous. Like... I don't know. She just was a little kooky. I wish she had had a little bit more of a redemption arc. 
Yeah, it's very true. Like the the other two girls were very much like right. Like they had more of a they were still kind of they were bitches, I guess if I had to quote and quote it. They were they were mean, but they had they had some redemption. They were not bad people. It, you should rewatch it. Yeah, um, I'd it like to. Up. It's been a while. This is a great segue into our topic of the week, which is charmed. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> It would have been a great segue, but it's not. What is our actual topic? Can we get a man? Putting one minute on the man watch and go. Peter Pan. Who cares? This is just one of those inexplicable Diana things that I don't even know how to mansplain. So I guess I'll just say it's a short story that spawned a kind of racist Disney movie and a really solid Robin Williams jaunt. Um, although when you go back, actually, you start to notice that some of like the stuff that Spielberg chose to do in that film is a little inexplicable. Like it's just too red at times or too blue at times. He's just using these weird filters Oh, sorry, did you not go to film school? I mean, I didn't either, but I did take a few semesters of photography, um, and I mean darkroom photography. I mean digital too, yes, but you gotta really learn to use the medium as it was intended, you know, really get in there, dig into that film. Also, I watch a ton of YouTube videos about movies, so it's kind of like I went to film school. Anyway, I don't know why Diana loves this thing so much, but uh, get ready for a long episode about that very question and that's your mansplain minute so i don't care what francis said because i don't know what francis said but i'm so <laughs> psyched about this topic <laughs> i know this is this is your bread and butter this is my this is my everything this yeah. is my whole life is loving peter pan that's it that's all I've done for the last 31 years is love Peter Pan. And I'm so fucking excited to talk about it. Um, You're not wrong. Well, that is so all much. you've accomplished. Man, I, I wish I could really sum it up for you. So Peter Pan is something that is an obsession with me because it's something that like, pretty much everybody has a like casual relationship to or awareness of. But like yeah. that... Nobody has ever read the fucking source material. Like you, like it's such a weird thing to me that you will meet every single person that you will meet in your life knows what Peter Pan is, and then like the number of people that you will meet who have read J.M. Barry's original <laughs> book is like gonna be a minuscule fraction of that. I um, have. You have? Yeah. That's so exciting to me. I'm smart. You're a smart cat <laughs> but um, it, it i mean me having read it does not make me have the level of investment that you do or the level of knowledge that's true i i, I so i remember i remember this like weirdly pivotal moment in my life where i was like i don't know something like like 14 or 15 i was something in my angsty years like emerging in my angsty years and i had loved Peter Pan growing up, I fell in love with the Mary Martin live play rendition. I was super into Hook, the oh, yeah. 
hilarious and and ingenious Best Robin Williams. Um, yeah. yeah, great. So I was in love with those things and had seen the Disney movie that most everyone is familiar with. I would say that's like maybe probably the the way most people have ingested it. And then I was hanging out in what was at the time like my dad's office in our in our house because he worked from home and looking through the shelves and some of my childhood books were on those shelves and I found like my original copy of J.M. Barry's Peter Pan that I guess I had like colored all over like mm. the cover of like and clearly had not read um when i was a kid and i picked it up and i was like oh i ruined this really cool looking book that's sad um and because it was very like fancy looking yeah and then i picked it up and i opened it and i started reading it and i read it in like two hours and like like i just like sat down thinking like oh this book is really pretty why did i ruin it child me and then sat down and and fucking absorbed it and was blown away by the the juxtaposition between what I remembered about this character Peter Pan from the Disney film from Mary Martin's adaptation to what I was reading in these pages (laughs) and I was like whoa Barry you fucked up (laughs) my dude so that fascinated me and it, my obsession like just did not die like I, I like i reread i read and reread that book over and over again i then like delved into all these other adaptation adaptations i rewatched the disney was like so fucking unimpressed because like jm barry jm barry was definitely you know uh, racist in the product of his time type of racism and disney like always needs to like one up it and like take it to the next <laughs> fucking level and make it like more <laughs> racist than it than it originally was um, <laughs> and 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 what was upsetting to me like as a kid was how none of these adaptations seemed to be adaptations of what the book was saying um mary martin's was amazing and wonderful but her Peter Pan was a joyful, fun character who loved life and, you know, just like made you feel safe and, and, and like yeah. you were in a fun make pretend space. Disney's made you feel like he was like just like some 13 year old prick that you were in school with. Like he, but you know, it like didn't really make it, it didn't really, none of it really justified this, this character in the same, in the way that uh, Jay and Barry wrote mm-hmm. him and so i i started like collecting these you know these versions uh of the story and when i was in like senior year of, or no junior year of high school something like that um they came out with a, a brand new live action version yeah. of the movie with jeremy sumter jason isaacs which is those aren't real people they are uh (laughs) you know jason isaacs he's um yeah 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 and it's it's the closest like direct quotes wise staging wise like characterization it's the closest i've ever seen to matching jm barry's like actual book and i don't i don't think it did 
particularly well, which really fucking upsets me because it was fucking brilliant. It's still like one of my favorite movies to this day. So basically the gist of what I'm saying is that J.M. Barry wrote about a child like psychopath uh, that was a a murderer, a, a like unfeeling murderer in in a fairy tale land and every adaptation like dumbs that down a lot yeah um, i mean that's not an overly comfortable or familiar concept for people to mm-hmm. consume mm-hmm. you know it's like a it's not the villain but it has no morality it has no morality and weirdly Peter Pan in J.M. Barry's novel. I I know there's no room for you to ask questions because I'm just gonna keep talking. Um, <laughs> and, like I just <laughs> the, the I'm not feeling the itch to ask questions. I promise. That's fine. Okay, so 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 Peter Pan uh, in J.M. Barry's no- novel is actually sort of like a, a Davy Jones from uh, a la uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. The the premise for what Peter Pan was supposed to be. Peter Pan was supposed to be a, it was originally a child at one point, a human child, and made a deal with the fairies that he would get to be an eternal child. Mm-hmm. But the cost of that was supposed to be that he would be the, the, the ferryman that shuttled children who passed away to the next life so that they wouldn't be scared on the journey to the other world and peter pan said fuck off i'm not doing that shit and and went davy jones and went i'm gonna build my own place where i don't have to do my job and i can still be an eternal young boy forever and that's how neverland happened and that's Uh, and that's why Tinkerbell is fucking traitor because she went with him instead of fighting him and whatever. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So he fucked off from his responsibilities and instead was kidnapping live children <laughs> and okay. making them commit murder for him, which means that like Hook and his his crew yeah. were clearly a pirate ship that had sunk or and they had all died and they were on their way to the next life and accidentally traveled through Neverland uh-huh. and Hook got his fucking hand cut off by this psychopath boy who hates adults and then felt like he had to stay and defend his honor but really just also couldn't fucking move on to the next life it's like the huh. yeah um, you would think so but Hook doesn't seem to have as part of his motivation moving on doesn't really seem to be like he's just fixated on Peter He's fixated on Peter, so I have. Oh God, we're already. I was. I was gonna save this, but we're getting into my my theory about why Hook is <laughs> is fixated on Peter is part of my like eight page thesis on why I think J M Barry is transgender. I think it's a was lot he's no than he's that. not <laughs> he, he's no longer with us, but and we can't ask him, which was if I could have a fucking seance. That would be the person I would call. Interesting, because I never have a good answer for that hypothetical. No, that's my one. I would sit him down and I would be like, hey, uh, it's 2018 and people are trans now. Can you tell me, like, (laughs) if you are, if you are that? Because, yeah. So J.M. Barry wrote this book that in every, like, surface adaptation of it, it's very obvious that the, the conflict is that Peter doesn't want to grow up. And for some fucking reason, Hook is mad about that. Mm-hmm. Makes no goddamn sense. 
none of it. I mean, yeah, a boy, little boy not wanting to grow up. That makes sense, sure. Well, isn't uh, Hook the dad? Hook is traditionally in the play played by the same actor as the dad of Wendy. It's like Jumanji. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it is supposed to, that's the, the villain represents that thing. But also, I think. Holy shit, Jumanji is Peter Pan. Hmm? I just realized that Jumanji is very similar to Peter Pan in a it lot is of very, ways. It is very similar to Peter Pan. Huh. Um, Interesting. But the fact that the hunter in, in Jumanji is also the the dad in that represents that like the the person that he had the most struggle with and could not like escape the the damage done by was was his father. So he's uh, running away from that. For Peter, it's someone else's dad that represents his his fucking enemy it's it's True. it's not his own father it's not any of yeah. his own parents it's just but it's, men... the, it's the parent it's the like the embodiment of a father that the audience has an opportunity to see yes but i i think it's more of a statement because there's no um adult there's no adult women in peter pan there's no in mom. in never in neverland oh there's no adult okay. there's no adult women right. um like all Hence of the need for a mom yeah all of the all of the oh god uh, indigenous native persons. indigenous person <laughs> stereotypes I, i'm not gonna call them that word but the uh, all of the indigenous stereotype characters the women are all young they're all wendy's age or or younger oh, okay. um the mermaids are all young pirates there are zero women sure among the pirates um, just Glenn Close. <laughs> just Glenn Close. Yeah, no, Hook, that was the one deviation Hook took. Actually, Hook is very good at stick, sticking within the canon, except for the fact that there were wenches on that boat. Um, oh, there were, yeah. Otherwise, pretty fucking spot on. And they included one of my favorite canon quotes, which no other movie does. So... Oh, this is this is wild. This is my this is literally like the thing I think about the most often. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm really here for it. <laughs> I know. Oh God. So so there there are no adult women in Neverland in this world, this like perfect world that Peter has created. And the only people he wants to harm are adults. Right. Adult men are the yes. only thing that he wants to kill on this earth are adult men. And that is established. So in in the story, Peter Pan, it's it's always made about like not wanting to grow up. He doesn't want to grow up. Mm -hmm. But when we talk about like his why did he run away? Not wanting to grow up meant not wanting to fill that role that you eventually have to choose to fill. When you grow up, you will become a man. You will become mm -hmm. this thing. And a man means certain things. It means an office. It means, and, and it was very childlike and super uh, official, but being a man had a certain definition and Peter could not abide by that so much so that he ran away and made a deal with fairies and then fucked off from that deal with fairies and then still, you know, became a child forever. When, when Hook comes into the picture and Peter immediately attacks him for daring to be a man in in and forcing him to look at that horrible thing. Yeah. Hook is his animosity towards Peter is always framed at him being insolent and not wanting to grow up and conform to what he's supposed to be. And Hook tells him this on multiple occasions like 
but his ability to stay what he is is why Hook hates and envies him. So their conflict is very strange and kind of not sensical in an, in, in a real way. It's Most of the movies make it about revenge, like Hook is upset that Peter cut off his hand, so he's staying to, to seek revenge. But every time they speak, it's not about the hand. It's about yeah. you're so... You're you're so insolent for not growing up and not becoming a man and in wanting to force him to to do that or seek revenge for him being jealous that he couldn't do that, whichever one you want to pick. So there's that. There's a tie into J.M. Barry's life. So like if you've watched Finding Neverland, the J.M. Barry's relationship to the Davies family is a real thing. And that movie actually did a pretty great job at characterizing it without answering any questions really um but jam barry uh, the scottish playwright and novelist who was married to a, a beautiful woman who shared his status and wanted children and supported his career and all these great things mm-hmm. they didn't have sex he didn't really care to spend time with her he didn't really like her that much he married her out of a societal pressure. It was what you did. You married who your family told you to marry and sure. you did the thing. So he did that thing and he then avoided her forever. Huh. So speculation among other playwrights and, and people he knew was that maybe he's gay. Sure. Um, but of course you don't come out and say that. Then he starts spending time with this other woman also not having sex with her. So the speculation is, of course, then definitely he's gay, right? Yeah. But her kids are why he's spending time with her. Mama Davies had these children, uh, these three boys, and she was uh, widowed and she was in debt and she was ill and basically like had no real, like her status was in name only, she was otherwise a woman that, like, it would just be frowned upon to be spending any time with if you were a person of Barry's status. But he was, he had an easier time connecting with her children, these three boys, than he had allegedly connecting with any of his peers, his wife, anyone. And of course, then the rumor turned to is he a pedophile? But she was always around. There was never. It was not them like spending alone time with these kids like she was always there or there was a doctor around. So it just because she was ill all the time. Mm. Uh, <laughs> not like not like doctors were supervising his visits. Um, like, you know, there were there were people around that didn't substantiate that. So that seems to be rumor only. And what I think is happening is almost sort of like a Holden Caulfield type of situation where he like cannot get along with people in his own age and status. And I think just based on some of the things in his real life and how they come out in this fixed piece of fiction, which was his life's greatest work, is is that I think maybe he had gender identity crisis and could literally like identify with children of any gender but could not identify with adults at all because becoming an adult to Barry meant that you had to pick 
aside and you had to be in one of those roles. And those roles came with rules society put for you and you had to conform to them and that was it. And he could not do that in his life. And so he wrote this character that defied doing that and said, no, I'm not going to do it. And, and also fuck you all forever. I'm going to go off and make my own world where no one has to do that. And so Wendy comes into the picture and she's a frustrating character for Peter because she loves him, mm-hmm. like undyingly loves him. She loves him for the rest of her life. Yeah. Even when she does go home and grow up, grows up. But she makes Peter's character so mad because she just even suggests that she would like to grow up and that she would like him to do it with her. And that yeah. is unexcusable. Becoming a man is, is inexcusable. Peter also refers to himself in all manner of ways except by gender. Other characters call Peter a boy throughout yeah. the film but when peter refers to himself he refers to him thing as things like um i'm the best there ever was i'm you know uh who are you i'm joy i'm like like things yeah. like that he doesn't he does not hmm. refer to himself as a boy it's other characters usually adult characters uh putting that that like label on him and then the the fucking nail in the coffin for me is tinkerbell because Jay and Barry, and I love this because everybody knows this, like, it seems universally known, this, this Jay and Barry invented the, 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 the birth of fairies. Do you know it? The, the way that he says fairies are born in yeah. his world? Yeah. That it's like when a child laughs? Is that what it is? When the first baby laughed for the first time, the laugh broke into a thousand pieces, oh. and that was the beginning of fairies. Oh, okay. So that's the part. I thought there was a new fairy every time a new child laughed. That was the beginning of fairies, and then okay. from then forth, each time a new child is born, their first laugh, a fairy's born. A okay. girl fairy for every girl child, a boy fairy for every boy oh. child. Uh, each, huh. yeah, their fairies are, are, are gender matched for some fucking reason. But Peter didn't get one. Peter never got one. It's because he never laughed. Huh. No, a... he just didn't get one. Huh. And, uh, and when he rebelled and ran away to Kensington Gardens, he found his own fairy and bonded with her on his own accord and made her his fairy and it was a girl fairy well that's the best argument yeah i mean everything else is a great argument for a queer narrative but that's yeah he literally went out and sought his his own fairy and she and he doesn't just refer to her as a friend or anything. He refers to her as his fairy, meaning that she's like the one that's bonded to him and the one that won't, you know, that will always stay with him as long as he keeps believing that she I exists. I think that's a solid argument. Yeah. Um, so that's my that's my nail in the coffin one. Everything else is, is definitely like uh, uh, pretty, pretty influential. But that's, yeah, that's the strongest one. So, yeah. So why yeah. does he get Wendy? Why does he go get Wendy? So Peter was obsessed with like understanding, trying to understand what it was like to have parents because that was like the thing that he got to stay a boy forever. Yeah. But he abandoned what it was like to to be like a kid. Like he didn't get to have parents. People care about him. So he was obsessed about watching that. So he went Mm. to families, usually families that were very caring and loving. And the Darling family was like 
one of those really doting, really loving families. And he loved to watch like them read stories to each other and, and do things that, that was the part of childhood that he was missing out on. He got to, you know, murder a bunch of folks and he got to play pretend all the time and live in a fantasy world, which was great, but he never got to be like loved or cared for or anything like that. So he was obsessed with that and he would go and watch other families do that for their children with envy. And then he saw that Wendy took care of her younger brothers in sort of that way. She was like, Wendy's like 13. She's not like, she's on the cusp. She's a little too old. That's why when she goes to Neverland, her brothers forget that she's her sis- their sister like in in ah. days she, but wendy can't let go that's why she develops feelings for peter that's why she she is on the cusp she's starting yeah. to be too old to let neverland ruin her and make her stay a kid forever even though she still loves the sword fighting and the fantasy and the silliness and the play so he's watching wendy you know tells her little brother's stories make sure they go to bed make sure they take a bath like like she's this weird thing where she looks like him in terms of age Mm -hmm. but is caring and motherly and these these traits that he is jealous of when when peter introduces her it's not that he like wants her to be his partner he expresses a lot of jealousy he's jealous of her name He's jealous of her storytelling. He's jealous that that she is a girl. Like one of the things he says is one girl is is worth more than 20 boys. And Wendy takes that as flirting. But Peter, I think, is saying it genuinely. Like literally thinks, no, that's better. You're the better thing. And weirdly, when Wendy tells Peter later on that she wants to grow up, like he's okay with her doing it. He hates the idea of growing up he loathes it he he it's it's his worst nightmare and he hates anyone who dares to do it but wendy the only girl on this island who chooses to grow up he's like yeah i'll get you a ride (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah Yeah. like like that's fine so there there's there's so many things i could i could literally go on forever about this but yeah so so I think Jay and Barry may have had some gender identity issues. I'm um, curious about uh, just based on the way that you. So I'm I'm assuming that Peter is the author in in some ways, not in all ways, but in some ways. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the fixation with the family structure, which sort of makes sense with the Davies, I'm wondering if you know anything about Barry's upbringing. Or his relationship with his parents. I know that he was brought up in in a a high societal like yeah. family, and he was a very successful playwright. Like before Peter Pan happened, his he had had success with his uh, with his plays. So he was always meant to be a part of high society and to be successful and there was a lot of pressure on him to marry not just any woman but specifically this woman and so that's that i think that is something that is mirrored in his in his description of what peter 
only yeah. memories as a human child are was like his parents like discussing what he needed to be he'll do this and then he'll do that he'll go to this college and then he'll become this thing um sure. and then he'll marry and he'll have children you know but and that's when peter was like fuck you goodbye i don't you know i don't have a, a super intimate knowledge of of his exact like parental life but i do know that he was born into a high pressure high um mm. High society. I just family. wonder if he hated his dad. Yeah, I wonder about that. But he or did like, if he like had a sister that he really liked who died, or like I don't know. You know, I just feel yeah, like maybe anything like that. Yeah. Um, I do know that he got along with like zero percent of his colleagues at like oh. like his male like colleagues at like the theater house and like other playwrights. Like he had no, he had no healthy like like peer relationships. Because if he was just gay, he probably would. Exactly. Um, and I think I think it's I think it's more closeted than that. I think it's mm. something that was more um, probably confusing than that and more isolating yeah. because, you know, I mean, you're working in the theater. I, f- I feel like even then you got to bump into a gay every a once situation. in a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but like, no, spending this time with this with this other woman and dig de- like he cared for her, like paid for her medical bills and like things like that. Like, yeah, took took care of this other woman who he had no sexual interest in, just so that he could like be inspired by her children who were dealing with the fact that she was sick, and dealing with it being playful and like horsing around and not having to do any of these like adult things that he hated and like just like making them put on plays and play play pretend and whatever so i think i i I think there's something more there at the very least sure could he have you know actually have been a creep like some like some of the rumor mill was but like it totally is possible i feel a little nervous about it yeah but you know like i i just uh i i i don't dismiss that i definitely don't but i think no, but you can make a solid argument. I, I think really, yeah, like, what he's option. writing about yeah. is, is like, jealousy of children and not attraction to them. Like, sure. jealousy that they don't have to conform to a gender. Jealousy that they don't have to fit a role. Jealousy that they haven't had to pick yet. All these things keep coming up over and over again in his, in, in his story. And I think that a big reason why I my brain wants to go there is because of, like, the Lewis Carroll precedents. Like, just finding something equatable in Wonderland and Neverland and, you know. Yes, yes. Um, I, I am and, not. I, and he was I, a creep show. I don't know if you know about that, but yeah. Oh, no, I don't. I don't. Oh, yeah. I, I, I read Lewis Carroll's Alice in Wonderland, like, yeah, once when I was a kid, and that was it. I never re-explored it. Yeah, there was a real Alice that he was, like, really obsessed with. That was like, oh. he had like a thing for like prepubescent little girls. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. See, there was no real Wendy. And like bought one of the first cameras and like took lots of pictures of them. Oh, good God. <laughs> yeah. So it's, so I think that because of that, it's easy for me to be like, Jay and Barry was like, that was kind of the same time. And it was a similar sort of, yeah. kind of similar sort of story about not growing up. And yeah, but that's not a reason for me to make that assumption about Jay and Barry. Yeah, but there was a lot more, like, acid involved in Alice in Wonderland, I feel like. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I think that the stories are different. I just think maybe some of the, 
the themes and how they interplay with childhood. Yeah. Or, you know. Yeah. I also absolutely. feel like it was a similar time, but I don't yeah. actually know for sure when Peter Pan was published. I also think it uh uh 19 uh, 1911, okay. 19 so it was a little yeah. later. Yeah, I'm pretty sure 1911. So with with Barry, so Barry's self-insert is Peter Pan. Yes. Very clearly. And in that story, like his self-insert, this child has no, like the romantic relationship with Wendy is Peter playing pretend and not actually feeling anything, which is, I think, what Jay and Barry actually felt in his real, like, real life marriage you're 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 playing pretend you're playing house yeah. it's all make-believe but he had no like he had a fatherly figurehood that he was also playing pretend at like mm-hmm. and i think kind oh, of yeah. what he was doing with the davies kids was he was playing at fatherhood he never actually had to take care or responsibility of these kids but he was playing at it in kind of a way, he was not remotely capable of being any of those things. But he yeah. played with them and, like, tested them out. And I think that that's what... I think that's what Peter Pan is an exploration of. Yeah, I definitely... I definitely... God, if I could just... If I could fucking seance him to this room right now, that would be... That would be my big question. I'd be like, hey, guess what's okay right now? <laughs> <laughs> like, guess what's acceptable and cool and and totally like well researched it's a thing are you this <laughs> yeah like, like i it would be it would be that so in addition to the source material and hook and the high school live action what sort of other adaptations or God, inspired things do you like yeah everything so <laughs> i've been really obsessed with gathering everything that's like that's peter pan uh, inspired or related so i have pop-up books of of peter pan uh the original book like an- the annotated um not annotated the abridged version mm. <laughs> the annotated the abridged version that was often in like those uh, what are those books called the ones with like the the that you always had as a kid were really short like simplistic books of your childhood stories and they always had like gold Oh, uh, border. I can see it. I feel like they have a name or they whatever. Do. Ugh, They'll, God, listeners, no, help us out. Um, but I yeah, feel like, it feel like it has something to do with gold. It, I think it does. So, so I have a, po- a big pop up version of that that's beautiful and gorgeous. I have Jam the same original Jam Berry's book that I had found that one day that childhood one that i've scribbled all over when i was a little kid i have they're brahms. called little golden books <laughs> little golden books perfect yeah. okay i have brahms version of peter pan which is called the child thief which yeah. is you know brahm brahm is a, a guy that i wrote for some role-playing game oh um, i didn't know that yeah 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 uh, or did the art for whatever the fuck he did? I don't. I don't remember. I don't have the energy to remember right now. I'm too obsessed with Peter Pan. Um, <laughs> but he wrote a book called The Child Thief that's very, very good, where he tries to write a dark version of Peter Pan. When I heard about that 
the first time I laughed because I was like, did you read Peter Pan? It's about a child sociopath murdering people and laughing as he does it and then sending children to go die in his name for his own battles. Like, it's a fucked up story. The the difference being that Brahms' book is more obvious about it. It makes, it makes the character, instead of a child that like lures children away with like promises of fun and happiness like legitimately goes and hunts out abused like preteens and steals them in the night and then forces them to go and commit uh violent crimes and die for him um i think where for me where brahm really stands out with that adaptation uh is how much lore he puts into neverland Yes. Rather than redefining Peter as being darker. Yes. The yeah. Neverland is, that's a really good point. And that's why ne- I liked, I liked all the yeah. Neverland related stuff. I liked the tree shit and the fake court shit. Yes. The rest yes. of it was I, like, you know, it's, it's just Peter Pan. It's just Peter Pan. The yeah. Peter Pan character really essentially isn't changed, but Avalon's totally right. It's, it's really about how much lore um, he put in and, and made it more fey. He did a good job with that. He made it more fey. Mm-hmm. I think it was pretty well written. I think that it I don't is, think I yeah. cared about the main character was the problem. I did at first. Uh, well, like and... I got, I just not like not that I wasn't emotionally invested. It's just that I wasn't interested. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I cared about them at first, but then I, I was more interested in other parts of the story, yeah. and I wasn't following them. Yeah. So I have that. I have Peter Panzerfaust, which is like a, a World War Two comic book adaptation where Peter Pan is like a, a World War Two, uh, like spy. Fascinating. Uh, yeah. I like literally if it has anything remotely to do with Peter Pan. Or is Peter Pan based at all? I will take it. I will have it. And I'll live it in my life. I I love I love Peter Pan. Interesting. I want to find more stuff because I feel like oh, there's gotta be. There's I'm sure I know there's there's more. Um, I, is what there I really a want, Danbury biography? There's. You know what I don't have is I don't have. Um, I've read them mm-hmm. uh, from the library, but I don't have them. There's um, some hard ish to find sequels or prequels like there's there's um peter in kensington gardens which is like a prequel it's his time spent with the fairies in kensington gardens before he makes the deal and goes there's you know so he has written some other material about peter pan the character about those characters that never became as important Interesting. Uh, there's other jam berry original material i'd like there's something i keep wanting to buy i keep seeing it and then i keep losing it because i keep seeing it in like pinterest ads and then forgetting to bookmark it but um, there's and it's winter time now so i i really want to i think i need to like just buy them right now but they're like arm warmers that uh-huh. are dark green and have have just like text from jam berry's original novel all over them Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 But there's, you know, there's been other, oh, you know who did a a really cool adaptation, I think, is Once Upon a Time. I think Once Upon a Time did a really great job. Yeah, I actually meant to bring that up and then I forgot about it because I am so deeply closeted with that show that I just tend to assume people don't want to talk about it. Um, I'm not caught up. I'm I'm, I'm like a season behind. 
but I've seen I all thought the Peter stuff, yeah. I thought the Peter Pan stuff they did was maybe some of the best that they did. I th- I think they did a great job of literally like I know that they've they've been reimagining the characters so far, but yeah. their Peter Pan was pretty much Peter Pan. Like I Yeah, like, it was like dark and sinister and but and like so dark. And it was yeah. Yeah. I thought that they did a great job. It was, it had the energy of Brahm, but it still like, it was, it was very, very well done. I think that that was really cool. Yeah. I mean, that show is not like, it's pretty indefensibly bad sometimes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And there are times that it pulls in franchises, Disney franchises that I just like, it's just annoying to me that I'm even having. I got very annoyed with the, with the Elsa and the, the, yeah, I got it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it shark jumps like no other. Um, but I did like the Peter Pan thing. Yeah. How do you feel about like Hook, though? Hook is great. And Hook, the only thing that Hook actually deviates from is that like... That he's so fuckable. <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking about Hook? Are you talking about Hook Kim's the Captain Hook? You're saying Dustin Hoffman No, I'm Hoffman talking about Hook fucking... in Once Upon a Time. Oh, oh, Hook in Once Upon a Time. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about the movie Hook. Sorry. No, I... like Dustin yeah, Hoffman. Yeah, no, Hook in <laughs> Once Upon a Time. Good God. Oh, right. I need to like hold on to the walls. He is so... <laughs> yeah, oh, it's, like... it's offensive. It's really, like, I almost said something offensive right now <laughs> um, about, about his jacket. God, like, that's yeah. also another, like, bisexual dilemma I'm having where, like, I don't know if I want to look like him or if I want to, like, fucking stare at him. For like, him, it's definitely I, both. I have no dilemma. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I feel that it's, like, a minute to minute, like, I want to be you and I want to do you at the same time. Yeah. But I'm Dustin sorry. Hoffman Hook. Great movie. Dustin Hoffman Hook. Less fuckable, better writing. Dustin Hoffman Hook for a fucking made up sequel yeah. that had nothing to do with J.M. Barry's original content. They stuck to those character traits like Hook having issues with like Hook Hook is is pathological. He cannot deviate from his code that yeah. he has made. He's Took is pure lawful evil. He's the prime example of lawful evil. He's a bad guy, but he has rules that he has made up that he will not break. Yeah. And Hook kept that. Like, it's yeah. awesome. It's so good. And they kept my... They kept one half. No no movie has ever kept the full dialogue of my favorite exchange in that fucking play. When Peter and Hook finally have their like final fight, Peter and Hook are are like about to start killing each other. Hook says, Proud and insolent youth, prepare to meet thy doom. And Peter says, Dark and sinister man have at thee. And then they they have their final fight. In the 2003, Jeremy Sumter says his line, but Hook doesn't say his. And in the Hook one, Hook says his line and and Peter skips his. And uh, so I've never had like a movie adaptation where they have that full dialogue, but I think I it's like, one of them. I wonder why. That seems very odd. I think it's one of the most powerful because it really is like, here's the summary of why we hate each other. Yeah. Like this is the it right here in yeah. in six words. Like we are now uh, summing this up. Yeah. Um, Did you? Wasn't there a recent film? What was that? Wasn't there a recent film like within the past three years? 
No, doesn't exist. Okay. <laughs> they must have scrapped that. <laughs> it was called Pan, and yeah. I'm so disappointed in Wolverine. Can oh, I just right. tell you? I'm was so upset with Wolverine. I know that you, Jacked Man, is a joy of a person. I love and you, he, Jacked Man. I love him. And I, I don't even care about him being too tall to be Wolverine. It's I don't care at all. Okay. It's not his fault. No. No. No, he's great. He's wonderful and he loves musicals and he's lovely. He he's lovely. a good he's a good boy. Pan was and I feel comfortable with this because usually if other people were enjoying it, I would step aside. It's true. And let them enjoy it. But it was you a bad a movie that no one enjoyed and it was a fucking abomination to the text. Like like in a way that was so embarrassing hook already had his hook when he met peter hmm. what the fuck he was also a cowboy what? that had a cowboy hat on and chewed straw blackbeard <laughs> sang nirvana songs it it oh. like no there was like a weird musical was interlude this? where blackbeard the pirate came out onto a ship and sang smells like teen spirit but they like sang the whole song like it was so like it could have been like maybe like a silly moment or like maybe a hype moment but they did like the entire song it was was too did Baz Luhrmann do it like it feels like a weird sort of like never get too comfortable with the setting like was it like Moulin Rouge was it like in terms of the anachronistic or like whatever yeah it it like it was it definitely had an anachronistic vibe but like it it didn't have that Moulin Rouge is very fast paced and yeah. like music video esque, which is why I thought that it was it was you were always comfortable with the camp because you were on to the next thing. Sure. You know, like uh, yeah. this like it, every scene lasted for fucking ever. Oh, and like, and like so of course I watched it because I can't not. I have to. I see Peter Pan on the fucking title. I have to watch it. And yeah, consume stop. it, but it was it was really it was like it was so slow and bad and like embarrassing and boring and just wretched in every way. It was so bad. I'm gonna have to watch it. Yeah, the other one that happened re- not so long ago, oh. like five years ago, they did the live. Yeah, um, with the girl. Yeah, they girls. did the live TV broadcast. <sighs> I feel bad for being shitty about that one. I, I was at the time because the thing is that it's a tradition. It's a traditional thing, those like live TV broadcasts. They are always bad. I don't know why they've been doing them. They're I don't know why it, when bad. and why it became a thing again. It It has always been a thing. It's but we always don't live been in a bad. Pure enough time for that to exist. No, anymore. exactly. But like they don't they don't do enough of like the prep work of like a real stage show. And the quality of the recording is not the same as a real, like, TV broadcast. So it's, like, it's, like, the worst of both worlds. It's, like, if you had, like, one month to put on a play and also your cousin was shooting it with his steady cam. Like, you, it's not, it's, you're not, it's not a Broadway show. It's not a TV drama. It's neither. It's, it's just a shitty amalgam of both. (laughs) And so that's why those always suck. The Sound of Music sucks. I'm sorry, Stephen oh, sure. Moyer. It was bad. Uh, they always suck. So I knew that yeah. one was going to suck. The thing with that one that annoyed me was that they, and I know we've talked about this on the podcast before, was that instead of just 
skipping the offensive Native American song. They like tried to quickly like scritch write a new one and like and like put in a new song in place. And it was just so bad. And I was just like, just skip it. It's offensive. We all know it's offensive. Just skip the the offensive song. Yeah. Nobody's gonna question you. It's not part of the plot. Like it's not, it's not gonna take away from anything. Sure. Just skip over it. I was just like, eh. is it bad enough that it's worth watching or no? I haven't watched any of those live things because like that's not my thing. I'm not a musical. No, person. it's it's not good. It, it and it's not good and it's and it's boring. It's not it's not like hilariously bad. If you want to watch something that's hilariously bad, I would say watch Pan. Okay. With huge jacked man. Well, um, so okay, so what do you think? if anything, you would like to see created. Do you want another movie that's, like, really true to the book? Do you want a prom movie? Do you want, like, a kick-ass prequel? Do you want a really great comic book? Like, what do you want? What I I would love, because I think Hook did a phenomenal job at being a sequel. Even if it diverged from canon a little bit, it's a fucking plus material. And I think the 2003 Jeremy Sumter was a fucking plus as well. Hmm. What I would love is I would love one for those two things to be like more fucking popular. I guess Hook is very, extremely Hook popular, so. but I would love I would love the 2003 to be more popular. I think the 2003 um, wasn't popular because of the special effects. I think people just didn't like it aesthetically. Like that's why yeah. I didn't like it. I thought like it was too like. I didn't like the colors or something about it just wasn't pleasant for me to watch. I get that. I, if yeah. I could get you to sit down and do it again, though, I would like I would. I wouldn't be. I would be uh, what I would love. I would love one of the prequel um, stories to be to be told. I would love for Kensington Gardens to be like a story that was put on on oh, film yeah. or to be. I You know what? It would never reach any sort of mainstream audience. So, like, a comic book series about Kensington Gardens and the fairies. It's like Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell was, like, a, a pauper, essentially. She was she was a tinker fairy. That's why she had her name. She, like, washed pots and pans. That was her job in in, in her, like, that fairy That doesn't seem cove. like a real fairy job. In, I feel in like you've got, Gardens. like, magic for that. Or you're not, or they don't eat. Yeah, no, or they eat it's things like, that don't need to be prepared. Yeah, she was like, she like, it's like worked, work. She was like worked manual labor. Sure. As a, uh, as I a didn't fairy. know that. That's very interesting. Yeah. So, um, she kind of got to like upgrade her 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 life, and also die a couple times by by hanging out with Peter and and attaching herself to him. He hints. It's nice because like Jane Barry like hints in the beginning of the book about like fairy life mm. like just the tiniest bit just mentioning that like all the fairies had different jobs and they were like named for those jobs and huh. things like that so i think it would be really cool to have like an expansion on that and and to have like more of jamberry's fairy world in yeah. some sort of you know mm, show or comic or anything like that are you a fan of finding neverland i loved it i thought it was really well done it on stage of on stage yeah it's no like a Broadway show, right? No, no, I oh. didn't get to do that. I I don't go to Broadway shows anymore. It sucks. I know, but like that one, you know. I know. I should <laughs> absolutely. But yeah, no, no. I thought that the movie was perfect. It was so well done, and it was it was very accurate 
to his life and they even I mean, they didn't really delve into the pedophilia mur- like rumors so much no, but like the the rumors about his his sexuality and stuff and yeah. and his intentions and uh, all of those things going around and that was all very real and it was back when we were allowed to enjoy a performance from Johnny Depp. Uh, I wow, I re- weirdly forgot that that was him. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I mean, I mean, fuck him. Uh, but no, but, no, I, yeah, fuck him, indeed. I'm yeah, just no, I don't. It's nice that I got to see that movie and enjoy it without hating him the whole time. Yeah, that's true. I just, uh, I guess my my praise of the movie is not going towards anybody's particular acting. Although no. Kate wins a, is a joy, but the fact that this movie was made and yeah. in the first place, it really and well, that it was yeah. so accurately done about his life is really fascinating to me. I think that's really cool. Yeah. So my Peter Pan is King Arthur and I'm not trying to take over this topic, but I've um, never known that about you. Yeah. I I feel like not surprisingly because of my name, (laughs) but yeah, my mom was like, like super, super into Arthurian legend. So I just kind of grew up around it. That's why I'm named Avalanche. I, don't know why those things are related like i literally know nothing about this you have to yeah, do this as a topic you don't know my name diana well no i know your name i don't know anything about this topic i don't know oh i mean i know like i sword in the stone like that's that's sure. the the end of my knowledge about did you know that avalon was related to king arthur no i know what none the, of that what the what so no, avalon um, this is no, no no this is this is a this is an episode i know i'm not gonna delve into it oh, but okay, like I, I don't think it's delving into it to clarify because you should totally know that that's what avalon is from <laughs> i have avalon is no- not a character though avalon is like the afterlife paradise place that arthur goes to until he's needed again and he'll be summoned again i'm not gonna say anything more because i can say so much about it but yeah yeah, no this is Avalon is not one of the female characters avalon is is like the heaven place and what i was the reason i brought this up is because i wondered where peter is now like if this is real if king arthur is real is sort of the way that i'm equating it is peter still there or so, did he just was he like aging so slowly? Or no, Peter was canon? never aging. the The hook version of things was never in Jane Barry's predictions. Sure. Um, in in his predictions, he does he does come back to see uh, Wendy a couple of times, and and does try to like bring her off on adventures. But she's growing up, and she doesn't you know yeah. have time uh, to do that shit anymore. <laughs> um, Ain't got time for that shit. Yeah, ain't got time for that. But Peter never ages, never grows up, and eventually forgets her. Yeah. Tinkerbell dies. He forgets her too. Like, <gasps> yes, yeah, he's canon. Yeah. Why does she Peter, die? Peter, because she's a fairy. Fairies have really short lifespans. They That's they live, dumb. they live less time than humans. Um, in Jay and Barry's canon, uh, he literally forgets who Captain Hook is. Like peep, mermaids and and things will bring up the battle of the 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 massacre of the Jolly Roger, which is what it's known to be in in Neverland history, and um, his only one person survived, and that yeah. was Smee, and, uh, and and Peter doesn't remember it at all. Like so, none of these things are consequential huh. to him. He gets a new fairy. It's also another girl. Like he, yeah, he, he, he but he forgets. Because he's always uh-huh. a child. Sorry. So 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 forgetting the the hook alternate timeline where where there's a world where Peter grows up and becomes a human being in J and Barry's universe, Peter 
would literally never stop existing as a perpetual child. Mm. There's no way for that to happen unless returned and stayed on Earth. It would not happen. But so, do you think he might so been? Peter would still be there. Still, do you be think a kid. he's still taking kids? Oh, he has to be. He has to have people to fight his battles for him. Do you think he's gotten more evil, or do you think he stayed the same? Because his memory does not last. He mm. can't grow. He can't grow in either direction. He can't become right. more evil or more good. He just stays perpetual because like, in a few weeks, his memory is fucking erased, essentially. Like, he does not remember shit. He doesn't okay. remember his best friend. Do you think that he's had more, like, battles and enemies on the scale of Hook and the Jolly Roger? Yeah, in the he absolutely has. 200 years. Absolutely. No, he's fought he's fought pirates before. Hook is the the book is presented to us as though this is like a snapshot of his life that has yeah. repeated a thousand times. Like huh. he's had a thousand Wendy's. He's had a thousand Captain Hooks. He's had a thousand Lost Boys. Like they Has he had a thousand they, Tinkerbells? He's had a thousand uh, Tinkerbell was his first fairy. But if she has a short life... But she has a short life, and so he has a thousand more of those. And Mm. they all mean exactly the same thing to him. And they matter exactly as much. Because he's just reliving the same thing over and over again. He has no... His memory just goes away. He doesn't form attachments. There's no... Nothing is there. It is sad. Well, Wendy, Wendy literally wears a fucking pink satin sash on her fucking wedding day, hoping that Peter Pan will abandon Neverland and show up and whisk her away. Like these, these people never, human beings have, make attachments. And that was also James like story too, was that like, and I think that was true. Like his wife, like even though he never spent time with her, never gave her affection never loved her never made love to her never none of that stuff she was still heartbroken when he left and like he wrote that shit in he absolutely wrote that shit in clearly we've explored the fact that my ah, my head cannons my my unhealthy obsession is very very fi- hyper fixated and i i love this source material i love a lot of the spin-off material. I love a lot of the the interpretations. There are very few that I'm critical of, mainly Pan. Disney's also actually weirdly I hate. Um hmm. I think they they camp it up too much and also like they ramp up the racism to a level that that is beyond what seen is it in the book since I was a kid. So yeah. I know that that's true, but I haven't actually experienced it. I mean, it it's a, a la Disney. It's just like what they do. But like, wow, but I'm pretty sure that it's like to be. of the times racism versus like Disney racism. And yeah. it's like a little too much. It's more than what you can be like, oh, it was a time period. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's Peter Pan. Do you have any any other I guess, like, who's your favorite character? Smee is fascinating to me because he's he's mocked mercilessly by the Lost Boys. He's the only survivor of the massacre of the Jolly Roger for no other reason but because the Lost Boys felt like he was so unthreatening that they didn't have to kill him. Yeah. And, like, he was, like, 
so like he was like emasculated and like, like yeah. embarrassed off the Jolly Roger. Like like that like he just got to like sadly walk away because they were just like, Oh, well like what are you gonna do? Yeah. There you go. Go. <laughs> you can live. We killed everybody else. But his like relationship to to Captain Hook in like this sort of also like doormatty kind of relationship that he had with the captain is also like another maybe layered <laughs> issue in in I guess the literary adaptations of different fucking personality disorders but like Smee is is a weird case like he's non-violent has like a good aligned morality but is somehow still like riding with this like murderous pirate captain and obsessed with him yeah and won't leave his side and would like die for him but like none of the kids will kill him because he's just not worth your time and energy like it smee is a really weird fucking character is smee potentially like gay self-loathing like i think maybe because like he's just he's just like unimportant but he's such a recurring character yeah uh like such a prominent character but he's perpetually like described as unimportant and unworthy of even your violence like he's just nothing to you slightly is is my favorite lost boy because all the lost boys are real like children they are not like peter they were not and they were not like the children he was supposed to be taking care of they are live children who've been taken to a place of Unlife, so they are still like trying to cope with that. So all of them are still like coping with identity issues, and P- and Peter does not deal with that well. So like the twins, Peter calls them twins, and Peter makes them do shit in unison because he doesn't understand what twins are. So he Jesus like Christ, <laughs> he does not like it. It makes him feel uncomfortable. So he makes them do shit at the same time and have the same opinions and have the same name because he doesn't get what twins are um oh my goodness yeah that's canon so uh slightly is interesting you have nibs who plans the battles you have toodles who's like sort of silly and forgetful you have slightly though slightly is one of the older boys and he really prides himself on remembering stuff from the real world even though he doesn't because none of them do. Huh. But he wants to. So he always brings it up. Like like when Peter uh, gives Wendy an, an acorn. And she pins it to her lapel. Uh, Toodle's arrow hits it. And knocks her out of the sky. They all think she's dead. But when Wendy like shows that she's alive. And they look and see that the arrow hit the acorn. Peter says, oh my kiss saved her. And uh, slightly is like. I remember kisses. Let me, let me see it. He looks at it and goes, yes. Mm. Ah, a kiss. And like, he always like, he does that with several times throughout where he's like, I I remember that. Let me, let me evaluate. I'm the expert on, on earthy stuff. But he's always wrong because he's never seen any of it at all. Yeah. So did I like, I like slightly a lot. I like that answer. Yeah, he's he's a really good character and it's a really interesting concept and it's very it's like 
it's also just very insightful about how kids are like to try to like want to be the one that knows about adult stuff yeah, but I'm doesn't actually one. know about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like it's, that's what this yeah, podcast is. <laughs> it's like it's so it's so it's such good writing of a child. Like okay, so you talking about slightly and Lost Boys. I feel like this episode we really need to talk about a Lost Boy that's not technically canon, but I think we should just go ahead and say is canon, and that's Rufio. <sighs> Rufio is absolutely canon. I don't. I Rufio is maybe the most beautiful part of that movie. He's. He's the most beautiful part of that movie because he literally is the new... He's He does encapsulate the new Peter Pan. He's arrogant. He's self-centered. He's childlike, but he's also, like, powerful and influential. He was the new Peter Pan. He had taken up that role. He fits all of the fucking boxes. Yeah. And he wanted a fucking parent. Mm-hmm. Like, he wanted to have a fucking parent. And then Peter Pan, I will cry about Hook right now. And then Peter Pan fucking shows up and at first is like trying to take his place and it feels like he's trying to encroach. But really, you can't undo becoming an adult. That was J.M. Barry's thing. You can't, once you make that decision to grow up, you can't undo it. You can't not be it anymore. So Hook comes back. And yes, he's playing and he's and he's engaging and he's encroaching on Rufio's territory. But also he's taking care of him and like But that movie him. asserts that you can go back because Peter forgets. He starts to, yeah, he yeah. starts to forget his kids. Well, wait, that's Neverland though. That's oh. not, you know, like that's Neverland's <laughs> magic is that you start to forget. Like Hook can't like fucking get a handle on the fact that you know you died 35 years ago like yeah go can't like fucking process any of his own shit Uh, i think that i'm jumping around but i just want to say that i think that rufio's death scene is really well acted it's beautifully i think it's very impressive i think that that kid should have had a career like robin williams like like stopping mid-flight and that whole but he he was he was always a second rate peter yeah and he was trying Peter to Peter wouldn't have died. Peter wouldn't have died. No. Because Peter was A, not human anymore. Not yeah. for a long time. And and also didn't care if he did die. Peter almost died multiple times and was happy about it. it was like whatever. And yeah. I wonder if he had been run through if he would have had a moment. I wonder if like Barry Peter, not like old Robin Williams Peter had been run through like Rufio if he would have had a similar moment of wishing Barry's he had Peter has a moment on two moments. He has two moments. One where he's abandoned on the rock, which is meh. When he's abandoned on the rock, he kind of knows that somebody's coming for him, but he's he gives this little soliloquy um about how he doesn't care and death <laughs> is the next adventure. But he does get caught by hook and like stabbed and Mm. has hook with his hook up ready to like just claw him down and he's just like what an adventure yeah he peter has no concept of life or death he does it doesn't he's still a kid none of this means anything to him yeah uh he finality is nothing people have died and he has forgotten about it so it's not it's not real to him uh he doesn't have to care yeah 
Uh, so Rufio is not that way. Rufio is is you know a Where real did he come human from? live person. Who... Was Rufio like in Hook? Was Rufio supposed to have been a lost boy when Peter left? Because I always got the sense that he had arrived after Peter left, but I guess that doesn't make sense. Yeah, they they. I wished they had explained it because some of his some of the lost boys were there when Peter was still there because. You know, some of them still remember Tootles and... Yeah, um, and the one that touches his face. Oh, oh, and yeah. Oh, <laughs> that scene was so good. They don't explain who got there later, but Rufio, the way that he talks about him, he talks about him like a legend and not like someone he knew. Right. Talking about yeah. the pan, whereas some of them talk about him in a way that makes you think that they were still they there. They were there. So right. I think Rufio showed up and there was a power vacuum and he like I wanted think you're to right. Take it. Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. don't know how he got there logistically. I mean but. just by looking fly like having a fly fucking great mohawk <laughs> and like like having sick motor like like skateboarding skills. Look. It's I can I literally talk about Peter Pan for the next three and a half fucking hours. I know. So we're we gonna to have to end <laughs> Uh, I can literally, listeners, if anyone wants to fucking talk about Peter Pan, I literally will be up anytime you want to message me. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) Email the podcast if you want to talk more about Peter Pan. I'll talk about Peter Pan for the rest of my life. But this is a podcast, so we should end it. (laughs) All right. Um, yeah. Well, in the meantime, between now and the next podcast... Feel free to, in addition to emailing us, like Diana just suggested, at femsplainedpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, on Twitter, at femsplainedcast, on Instagram, at femsplainedpodcast, and Twitch. Femsplained on Twitch. Femsplained. You can listen to us wherever you're listening to us. Um, We're on Stitcher, we're on Podbean, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Play, on iTunes, we're... We're pretty much forever, so just fucking do it. We're forever. Um, you're already doing it, but it would just be super great doing. if you would fucking rate us and subscribe. Yeah. If you are listening to it, that would be super fucking nice. That'd be great. Oh, I have to say, Avalon, what are you going to go do right now? Oh, um, I'm going to go hang out with Francis because he's leaving tomorrow balls early to go out of town for and- a few days. I'm gonna go hang out with Francis tomorrow night. Uh, and tonight I'm probably Ooh. gonna watch Peter Pan because now I. You should. Do. That makes sense. Uh, I think I'm going to. Yeah, I think uh, we're gonna go. He just bought Starlink, so we're gonna give that a shot. That's awesome. Okay. I love you.